it may not be obvious at first. When you start in life, that uh, there is a soup in which we live called thought. <clears throat> this soup is composed of uh, the feelings of other people that impinge on us. Uh, you've all been in the presence of a person who is down and feeling somewhat neutralized by life and in the presence of that person whether it's grief or depression or sadness or self-imposed un unfulfilled expectation uh, regret uh, the energy around that person can be uh, consuming so we know that the thoughts of another human being transmit across into us we know that uh, we don't have to guess that. We know that to be around a happy person, we feel uplifted, especially if it's a child or an, um, a person who is, really has a mission to make our lives more joyful. They create in us a sense of upliftedness and a sense of connection. We know when we're in the presence of a powerful physical trainer, somebody whose job it is to, is to push us physically through limits, that when that person has conviction and commitment to their art, whether it's yoga or Pilates or whatever, or rowing or, or, or running, that person's quiet, calm confidence strengthens us. And so we can see from this conversation that it's not an argument that other people influence us with their energy. So that's not a debate. We're also not going to debate whether our own thoughts cause uh, a magnification of our own energies. In other words, if we are hard on ourselves that we didn't fulfill an obligation, then we will feel heavy and weighed down and we will potentially try to avert that experience of feeling heavy and weighed down through substance. We might take jelly beans or chocolate or wine or our vodka or whiskey or, or cocaine for that matter or marijuana as many people that I have coached have tried. All of these things are trying to use substances to do what the universe gave us the power to do with our mind. But we have become, in this modern world, a little dependent, haven't we, on A, other people, B, chemicals, C, instantaneous gratification, and, and D, uh, the response, uh, abdicating responsibility for the fact that we are the cause of the shit that we complain about. So... There are many ways to look at this shit that we complain about as bad or bad luck or disappointment or frustrating or they are wrong or are, you know. And there's very many ways to project out onto the world that we live in an incubated bubble of perfection and all the shit goes on it to us. And of course, that's from childhood when we were told we were perfect and we could eat what we want and the world will just go around us because we have um, strong, uh, financially well-off, supportive parents. 
but I'm afraid it doesn't wash when we get past the age of 25 because we don't always get what we want. And then blaming other people, it could be a boss, it could be a coach, it could be a client, it could be a partner, it could be a child. Blaming other people for being in a certain state of mind abdicates us from the responsibility of causing things in our own life. And so when, some, when we say, my child made me angry, or I got angry at my child, what we're basically saying is, I hereby wish to manifest anger in my future. Because when we get angry, it's not just a moment in time being in the moment. It's not just an event that comes and goes. That anger is permanent. It transformed energy, which is pure and loving and light, into dark, red, hot, dirty lava. And that lava flows down the mountain, which is the journey of our own life. And it flows into rivers, and it flows into fields, and it flows into things we do. And so we might do this beautiful, loving poem, but built into the poem is the anger that we had for the child, the thought. This is really important stuff. This is Chris. Have a great day. Bye for now.